Joining us now is our good friend, Barb Lampson, our Master Gardener. Good morning. Good morning. I was yes. going to tell you a little good news. I got something in the mail yesterday, and I was really excited. You know, I, I did the Lawns to Legumes project where the state soil and water district has offers grants to different people who want to put in pollinator gardens to preserve our pollinators and especially the rusty patch bumblebee the state bee which is uh, becoming extinct and they're trying to build uh, pollinator paths so when this bee goes around it has a place to find food so they don't all die out well i planted mine i got my my uh grant it was a $350 grant and of course then you have to match so much in with your own dollars and you have to have a lot of time as well and so yesterday I got my metal sign that says B B E E the change and it's got a picture of the rusty patch bumblebee on it and it says L2L which stands for lawn to legumes and now I will put that out because I had to fill in all this paperwork that I what I've done and, and show pictures and everything and document it. So now I can put that on my shoreline with my pollinator garden. So when people go by and they see this this garden of all these native plants, they'll see the sign mm-hmm. and it says be the change and they will know that it is a, a natural habitat. And I know there's a lot of controversy about natural habitat. Some people saying they look messy and you know, they can look messy, but you can take care of them so they don't look terrible. I mean, I think that's sometimes they just get out of hand, especially if you let weeds and things get in there. So they are work, but they provide so much benefit for our pollinators. And without pollinators, we will not have food. And I don't know that people make that connection. Pollinators equal food. That's how we get our food. Is from them. Well, well, the other thing that's really important about that garden by the lake is doing everything we can to put down native plants so with I have deep roots which are helping to control runoff. It filters so and it, it filters anything that goes through there versus on um, the turf grass since they have such shallow roots it just runs right off like it's a slide but these they have a chance to sink in and absorb so yes it's a yes. very important yeah. pollutant preventer. Yeah yeah and you know um, you know, who could, we, we have all these wonderful lakes. We have um, here in the region, we have uh, parks. We have lots of green spaces that we love to enjoy and get out and see the wildlife. So, you know, it, we should be part of that. We need to be uh, taking care of our pollinators and thinking about um, how to be a good steward uh, so that the next generation also will be able to say, wow, I saw a monarch today or I saw some bees today. You know, we just can't take those things for granted. But uh, I had some good news. Uh, <laughs> it isn't big like this, but well, in comparison, you know, I told you I had put in my order for my seeds for this year, my garden seeds, right. and um, sent them in uh, via the computer. And four days later, got confirmation that they were in route. So I I feel very happy about that. And so, you know, this is the year that I'm going to start shallots from seed for you and I. Yes, that's new. Yeah. On this cooperative venture that we're trying. And so I am happy to know that they're here. Because this is the thing with ordering from a catalog. Timing you're not always so sure when you're going to get your thing. And if you have to start them in the house, free going outside, you want to have a date so you know how much time you have to really develop and 
when you do especially small seeds for onions, shallots, that whole family, you want to start them in one group pot, and then you're going to take them out of there as they develop roots and get them into another pot so they have more of a chance to develop more of a root. And then after it's warm enough, they'll go outside into the garden. Well, and you are right uh, about that. Timing is everything. And a lot of times, some of our annual plants, like flowers, that's why I always just buy those at at a nursery as uh, bedding plants, because sometimes in order to get a bloom, you have to start those extra early in the spring. So if you don't have the seeds in time, you're you're not going to get any blooms. You'll just have some greenery. And that's, of course, not what you want. So the same with with vegetables like your onions and the shallots. Sure. Well, and you know, this timing and having the proper environment it's so important for our houseplants, too. And after a week, the last snowstorm in that, um, uh, Dave and I were in the grocery store buying groceries, and they had a beautiful display of, of uh, houseplants. And I just thought, you know, I don't have a lot of room, but, you know, maybe I could squeeze one more. And, and so between my reading glasses and my mask that I was wearing, I was trying to read the instructions on this very small label that was attached to each of these plants. And I finally found one that said moderate light necessary. And for a house plant, that's a pretty good thing because um, for at least seven months of the year, that plant is going to be in your home. You could move it out when it gets really warm, but uh, it, and so it's going to have moderate light inside. So Anyway, I picked out a Dracaena, and uh, I've never had a Dracaena before. It is a, uh, this one is 12 inches tall and 12 inches wide, and I really thought, you know, I can, I can work that into my display of other things that I've got. It just kind of fluffed up my spirit, and mm-hmm. bringing it home and finding a place for it was like having a visitor come to the house. It was so nice. So uh, plants, house plants, they can cheer you up and lift your spirits. So uh, why not when you're shopping, you know, uh, if you need to go to the store, take a look for a house plant. Well, speaking Which, of house plants, I, one thing I've done different since you've, you've, you're one that talked me into this is I keep a, during the winter, I keep a lot of house plants downstairs and some of them I have brought in from outside and you know how the air is so dry. So I did get one of those humidifiers. I got a evaporator <laughs> humidifier and those plants have done so much better than they ever used to. In fact, I don't have to water them as much because the, the humidity I think is just buoying them yeah. up. So that made such a big difference in the basement because the air is dry in, in, anyway. So uh, that is one thing. If you have the house plants, you might want that extra humidity. Sure. And, and you know, if you've got the right conditions, um, I have a clivia, and I know you have one too. Yes. And I have just loved that plant. It was a gift from Harriet Bleef, and she decided that it was she wasn't going to raise it anymore. So I adopted it, <laughs> and when it got too big for the pot, I divided it and I gave it to a couple of master gardeners and and but this plant blooms for me in the summer all the time. But believe it or not, now it has a bloom coming oh, up. Oh, wonderful. And, you know, and the and the um, leaves on it, the growth on it, they're like arrow like 
and uh, similar to if you were outside, you would see a uh, maybe a daylily. They're like that, but they're stiffer, so they're upright. And when they get their bloom, it comes right out of that center bunch. So sometimes you don't even know that it's putting up a, a bloom, a spike, because it's so tight in there. And I found this, I thought, oh, what a welcome visitor to my home. It's bright orange, and um, every day I'm watching it and, and turning the plant and making sure that I am uh, watering it when it's dry and not overwatering it either. And um, it's, it's rewarding me. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, which I'm really happy about. Well, I had, re- <clears throat> I had repotted my clivia because it was getting too... Uh, root bound so it's going to be a while before mine blooms again because they they like to be root bound but of course when it gets too much the water can't get in so mine is going to be a while before sure. it reblooms yeah. again because it's filling out the it wasn't a lot bigger pot just a, a, enough to give the roots a little room so I'm waiting and I have a yellow clivia bloom for mine that I got out at the Longwood Gardens out in Philadelphia when we visited there a few years ago and you know the Longwood Gardens are one of the earliest gardens that we visited on a trip out east. It was just, it was, it was wonderful. It's, it's such a joy whenever you can travel to an arboretum, um, a botanical garden, uh, you'll take back memories forever and you'll see things that, that you probably haven't seen any other place. So, so that's a great, great idea. Talking about things you haven't seen any other place, um, I like to always introduce people to things that uh, I'm going to be using in my garden that are supposed to do really well. And we have this cold soil here. And there are very few plants that want to grow in cold soil. You know, we do get our tulips and our daffodils that come up early, Um, Johnny jump ups, pansies, they'll, they'll grow in this cold soil. But for most of our plants, they want to wait till the soil is at least 60 degrees. Right. And one of the things that I had read about was uh, a soil heating table. Are you familiar with that, Karen? What's it called? A soil heating table? No. Mm -hmm. I know about heating mats, which I put under my plants when I start them. It's just a flat little mat that heats up so they get a little warmth in the soil. So you're talking about a a table? Mm Mm-hmm. What in the world? Yeah, it's like, it looks like a like an extension cord would look, it plugs in. And uh, and what you do is where you're going to need this soil warmed up, it, you, you put it uh, six inches down. So right where you think the roots would be going. Now you're not talking go, outside, this is inside, right? No, this is outside. Really? This is outside. Oh. In the garden, yes. Okay. Yes, it has, uh, it gently warms the soil for faster germination and better growth. Huh. It has a built-in thermostat. It has a flexible cable that will fit any growing area. So what you would do is you wouldn't line this out in a straight line. If you were going to do like a four-by-four four area, you would circle it back and forth in there. So and it's it's sort of like a drip hose, but it's a cable that has heat, right? Yep, yep oh, that's okay. exactly right. Huh. And, and so you can figure then that um, it's going to warm above and it's going to warm about about uh, two inches down below the cable. So if you had something that was going to go deeper than that, it would still go, be warm there because the, the heat will radiate off from that coil. Not terribly expensive. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's, uh, to- uh, it's totally water-resistant. It's safe 
But once you put that in there, you don't want to take a spade and start digging and, and, you know, dig it up. Now, you're going to have to have a source of electricity for this. And with this one, um, I also got several red spikes, plastic spikes, that say heating cable. And then there is one of those don't dig here things. Well, how so, long do you leave that heating cable? Is it like a permanent thing or just a, for... A... Yeah, because you'd have to then, Karen, because uh, you're going to heat the soil. And if you would take it back out again, the soil would get cold. Right. So you'd, okay. le- you'd leave it leave it there then. Oh. So, uh, and then take it out, you know, um, so, at the end of your season. Is it mainly just to get an earlier start or just to keep a more consistent it is, temp? It is. And then once the soil is warm, you turn it off. Oh. You won't need it again. So it's, that's that's design. That's how it's designed. How, it's, how expensive very, is something like that, and how how long do they make them? Well, um, this one that I've got um, is uh, twelve feet long. Oh, okay. And, and so I mean that's that's quite long, I would say. And um, they they're not they're not less than twenty dollars for this. Now, why why do you feel you need this? What is your main purpose? I just I like to uh, I like to grow seeds. Right. And you know when you start with a seed, a lot of them don't want to be started in a container and then transplanted. Mm-hmm. They do better if you can seed them directly in. So for those things, well, let's take for example um, um, all your peppers. Peppers want to be in real warm soil. Right. They'd rather not be disturbed. So there's one of the plants that you could do that with. Okay. But also some of the um, uh, flowers that I'm growing from uh, flower seeds, uh, they would like to be in a warmer soil so I can get them out sooner. Okay. That's, that's the whole thing. It's another way of stretching out our, our growing summer, season. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because one, so, I think uh, of what I have when I plant my cannas, I usually try to start them inside to give them a little mm-hmm. head head start. But, that's a good idea. But yeah. they are very slow unless it gets really nice and warm. So, I mean, once it's warm, then they finally start to perk up. But I could see that would be a good plant to put it around because they're so slow to come out of the ground otherwise, or in terms of even sure. if you you transplant them into the ground, but they, they just need that extra boost, I think. So that would be a good one. Yeah. So, well, stay tuned, and uh, I'll let you know when I put it out, the date, and uh, I will use my thermometer, and I will check the temperature of the soil, and we'll see how things grow and how things do. I'm going to use this at home because at the community garden, I have no place to plug in oh, right. the extension. Okay. So, so we'll see about that. But you're talking about your cannas. It is really a good time to uh, do a little visit to those roots and bulbs that you brought in last fall and check and see how they're doing. Yeah, what should I do? Because I always wonder about that, because what happens is, Barb, I I pull up the canna bulbs, I pull up the dahlia bulbs in the the fall, and I I store them in between layers of newspaper and peat moss, and then I just leave them in my basement at the lake house, so it's, you know, between 45 and 50, so it's cool. But sometimes some of them just dry up so much that, when come spring, they're nothing. They're so desiccated, nothing happens then. You know, Karen, dahlias are particularly difficult to keep. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, I've tried several things, and um, uh, I've tried keeping them in the greenhouse longer, so that 
Um, it's cooler there and sort of hardening them off in there, keeping them, you know, I have those um, cloth bags that I grow plants in. Grow bags, they're, right? They're, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're grow bags. And they're kind of a gauzy, not gauzy either, but more of a felt-like surface. And putting them in there, putting them in with either peat moss or uh, potting soil early that's very light and then um waiting until the end of october to bring them into the basement and um and i have a new thing for my for my uh, room that isn't heated i have a new thermometer that registers in one area and it tells me the temperature as well as the humidity so <clears throat> i'm going to be better at um, controlling and watching what the humidity is. I think it's pretty easy for these things to just dry out. Well, do you yeah, spray even, them or mist them or something, or what do you do yeah, when you check them? Yeah, I do, but I would I would be very careful um, if you do that. You know, they need air, too, to surround them. So um, I have actually um, killed them. I, <laughs> I used a plastic bag. And used uh, peat moss and sprayed them, and then closed up the plastic bag and put them in a cold room, and they actually mildewed. Oh, you know, there so was, they got too much moisture, were, huh? Yeah, they did. Plastic holds everything in, keeps the air out. So you know, with our plants, good air circulation, whether they're living or they're dormant, seems to be a necessary thing for them. So so working with that. And the same way with, like, corms, you know, the glad corms. Yes, that's another dry. one I brought in is a bunch of corms, yes. Yeah, yeah, they will they will dry out, too. I had better luck with them by putting them in. Um, we have an extra refrigerator downstairs and putting them in peat moss and putting them in there. So, so that will work well, too. Well, I wonder but, because my basement at the lake house is, like, 45 degrees that's probably actually not bad i would probably think yeah i would say that's ideal i would yeah. say that's an ideal temperature if you can have something that cool you should have good luck it's i think it's it's too it's about uh properly curing them and getting them ready to go out like the glads um instead of just putting them into the container they're going to be in i just took them and put them into my greenhouse spread them out on the workbench mm-hmm. and let them dry off so that there wasn't any moisture left in that outer um, uh, surface of them. And then when they were nice and dry, I took off that top. There's a, there, there, it's I, like a nub that was, on top of them. A nub, yeah. I, I got that. I guess wait, that's not top. That's bottom. That's the bottom. Yeah. That's the old glad from last year, mm-hmm. that, that mold. That, that's all that is. Take that off. And then, and then you could put them into the refrigerator someplace like that. I think, I think you'd have better luck with that. How, um, how early do you think it, it, I could start my cannas outside? Because I want to get them a head start. Usually I think I, I brought them out in maybe March. Do you think February is too early to start them? <laughs> yes. yes <laughs> well, you know how we are. We all want to start. I mean, everybody, it's yes. getting cabin fever now. Right. Well, the other thing is, um, Karen, you might get something, if you, if you had a special protected area that the sun was just beating down on, the soil would warm up faster there. 
But as soon as you got these cold nights, you would freeze the tops yeah. of your plant and you'd soak that back. I meant starting so, inside in in little pots is what oh, I usually do. Oh, so yeah. I'm wondering how, how soon could I start them in uh, you know in pots to no, get them get no, ahead. No, I don't think I don't I don't think February would be good either. Because March? How about March? Because, Let's try March. Yeah. Yes. I would. You'd have a much better chance because it after you put it into your pot and your your good soil and you water it. It's going to take a while for it to break dormancy. Sure. And then, uh, you know, in April. And then uh, maybe you want to try and, you know, uh, work up that area that you're going to put those cannas into. So it's light, fluffy, and light. It's well-drained. You know, well-drained, this fluffy soil dries up much faster than heavy clay will. Right. So you'd have a much better chance of getting them off to a good start that way. Do you know something so, that takes a long, long time to break dormancy is those elephant ear bulbs? Because, you know, I started one year with one, and then the next year I had three, and now this year I probably got 23, and some are bigger than others. But those, I ha- I've started those in a pot inside, and it will take a couple months before they will break dormancy so i i usually take those out and get those started early inside because those elephant ears they're huge i mean if you get it the bigger yeah. the bulb the more energy the bigger the plant <laughs> and last year i don't know if you saw my elephant ears but they were over six feet tall and just amazing yeah that is an amazing plant and and you know what's good about that is if you're thinking about putting in a, a new garden and maybe you've just taken out the soil and now you've been working that area up you probably don't want to put perennials in there. You want to just put in something like that that you're going to take back out because you always end up with a new garden. There's always some grass seeds that are left yep. in the soil weeds. that continue to come up. Yeah, and and that means weeds, and that means work. And so just, you know, keep doing that and keep adding organic matter, too, to that area. So um, that's what I like about all of our the bulbs that we put in, once we take them out, then we have an area to take the compost that we've been making, and it's ready to go in and improve the soil there right. for, for next year. And if you have that kind of a plan where you're always building soil and always making compost, you're just going to right along continue to, to uh, have a better garden. Right. Well, Barb, we are out of time, but it's always time to still continue dreaming. Look at those catalogs. Order now because there some things are getting out of stock already. So uh, my husband says, if you see something you like, just order it. So that's my order. Yes. So I think I must obey. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Thank yeah. you, Barb. Always great to chat with you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yep.